in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of the top 10 i am john roca and i am matt nost uh for those joining us live we apologize that we started late i was having technical difficulties on my audio end so Ooh. it took a while to sort all that out but we got it going we it is do. up and running and we're ready to rock and roll how was the chat doing uh they're doing great it looks like uh for the most part you're you're burning a little hot matt so maybe if you turn down your volume a little bit i think you should be fine how about, how about that a little bit higher a little bit higher Okay, keep there. Going. You go perfect. perfect. Uh, Dale Varley's in here, Jay Goldeneyes, Mason Sasser, Ed Bus Kirk. Uh, let's see who else. Charles Clark's in here. Drew Ends is in here. Drew Ends says he's having a bit of a bad day. So, Drew, we'll dedicate the show to you. Maybe we'll pick up your spirits, uh, by the end of the show with everything we're going to talk about here. And of course, we're talking about the top 10 films set in Chicago, as you can tell by the title of this. Uh, 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 what. Show or mm-hmm. podcast? Yeah, Jesus Christ in heaven. Sorry about it, guys. Sorry. I got 30 things going on in my head. But yeah, very, very lively chat. Matt, uh, a lot of people joining us, having a little fun with us today. Um, how are things on your end, man? Um, good. When uh, we were talking about a potential movie that's coming out. Uh, yes. That, uh, you were working on before. I don't want to talk about it, I guess. Technically, when does that come out? Uh, next weekend? It comes out this weekend, actually. If we're this talking weekend. about this, uh, the movie I'm talking about, yeah, this weekend, yeah. Okay. Is it yeah. as dog shit as I assume it is? No, actually, it's not. And uh, you know, I don't <laughs> want to ruin my review for it, but just say real quickly, it's not dog shit, but it's not, um, you know, uh, golden poop either. It's not. It's it's like it's it? somewhere in the middle. It's bird it's, poop. It's, it's like it's not. It's more like ah oh, man. <laughs> It's not a, a grave thing, you know what I mean? Where you get yeah. bird shit on your car, and you're like, "I just got to clean that off." Whereas if a dog shit <laughs> on your car, you're like, "What did I do to that dog?" Or any other animal. Yeah, no, no, no. A, uh, just a, it's a fun film, but there are some plot issues. There are some character issues. No. Um, and and surprisingly, some of the action sequences, the way they're shot, not a positive overall feeling. So. Okay. That's the what I would say about it overall. Yeah. But I, I don't regret going to see it. And if it was to come on television, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind watching a little bit of it. I think the first two thirds of the movie is good. The, and it's ironic that the last third of the movie is where the problems start to really pop up. And you're like, wait, you should have nailed this part first and then maybe gone backwards uh, mm-hmm. and fleshed it out from there. So but, you know, what can you do? It is what, what it is. What yeah, can you do? Exactly. What about you? What's up? What's uh, what's going down? What What's the situation? Uh, nothing much. Just a beautiful day in sunny Southern California. Not a whole lot is uh, uh different. Okay, all right. Now that now know. the basketball is done, like I, my oh. nights aren't completely dominated by basketball, which it sucks. <laughs> I wanted to go to Game Seven. We'd have a game tonight and be like, "There we yeah. go. It's the best thing in sports to me." I uh, oh. I I did a full um. How can I say that? I did a full three hour watch along on Twitch of Game Five. Um, and it was it was a bit of a rough game. But let's be honest; like neither team looked like they wanted to win 
the game, and it was there for the Suns to take it. It's just Giannis wouldn't let them take it. Oh, you're talking and, about yeah, game six. Yeah, game, game sorry, five. game six. Sorry, game six. I did a three-hour watch of the game six. But uh, Booker, I mean, you can't call yourself a, stup- a superstar and show up like that in a deciding game. You just can't. You're a star, but you ain't a superstar. Giannis <sighs> is a superstar. That's my opinion. Do you do you blame Booker? I mean, yes, he had a bad, sh- a bad shooting game, but at the same time, like, he's the only one that's been carrying them for getting these losses, nobody else is showing up. Yeah. So I know what you mean. Right. Uh, in a final game, but he was still out there trying. But yeah, no. CP finally chipping in after all this time is somewhat meaningless. It was, it was, yeah. it was all Giannis. It was so impressive to watch. I think that's what they figured out, to be honest with you. I think the Bucks figured out, hey, if we kind of subdue Chris Paul a little bit, this team doesn't have enough to overcome us. And it seemed to be their game plan throughout the whole finals. Booker got his 40s, but he was the first player to lose two back-to-back games scoring 40 points for a team in the finals. So, like, that's because I think they understood Chris Paul was the engine. Let's shut him down. Let's get into these passing lanes. Mm-hmm. Let's play harder defense on him. And when they did, you saw the result here. They ended up winning four straight. Um, and DeAndre Ayton got absolutely schooled a la Shaq versus Hakeem. Uh, when he went up against Giannis, and the kid's only 22 years old, man, he's got room to learn. Yeah, so, he's so a he'll young get big. Which, yeah, yeah. If if they're going to be good, it's usually the slowest transition. Very rarely does somebody come in is like Tim Duncan is practically a finished product. Right, right. Yeah. Usually, it's like it, it takes a while because you've always been the biggest. Yeah. So for a bulk of your life, it didn't matter that these guys were more athletic and whatnot. But now you're up against super elites. So you got to get your yeah. footwork right. You need to read like pick and roll defense. And learn all the different coverages. Like I think it just takes longer yeah. for a big man to transition. That's why you know warriors shouldn't give up on Wiseman just yet. You got to give him a little oh, time. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just do. But well, yeah. Once Drew was pestering the shit out of CP, CP was just out of rhythm yeah. from there on. Uh, but yeah, that Giannis performance was Oof. just chef's kiss. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, and, and all the. I mean, I love how. Uh, uh, was it Stephen A. Smith went back of all people, uh, considering the last couple of weeks he's had, but he went at Kendrick Perkins for some of the, Oh no, Jalen Rose. Sorry. Did he went at Kendrick Perkins for remember we talked about, I think a couple of weeks ago, Kendrick had that tweet where he's like, Oh yeah. You know, Middleton is Batman and Giannis is Robin. Like he looks like an idiot now having me having tweeted that. But at the time, a lot of us felt like he didn't have, he hadn't shown that alpha dog mentality, that mentality to drag a team kick its ass across the finish line to win a title and he really kind of came into his own in this series i think and in in the uh, series against the hawks a little bit but really it was this series mm-hmm. down 2-0 down 36-30 in the second quarter he was yelling at that bench and woke him up and then and and they went on that run and then of course when nobody else wanted to shoot on that team or could shoot on that team aside from portis in that game six oh, it was Giannis. it was Giannis. yeah yeah it was Portis, and then uh, I think it was in the third quarter where Lopez had three straight buckets, one oh, being yeah. a massive dunk. <laughs> but they needed anybody else to chip in. Drew was having another bad game offensively. <laughs> oh, Drew's horrible, dude. Yeah. Horrible. He's had several bad offensive oh. games. And I don't know if you can, you know, repeat against different teams if they make it to that stage because you're going to need to match offensive punch for offensive punch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just mesmerizing to watch. Giannis was yeah. so amazingly good, and even getting called for that goaltend after you know he ends up with five blocks. Uh, and I think he got—I right. know Portis got called for a foul. Um, 
on a block. Can't yeah. remember if Giannis did as well. So he might have had two more. But right. I know that goal. That goal. It was a goaltend. It mm-hmm. touched the backboard before. But you throw that on top of fifty points. What is it? Oh. Twelve boards. Yeah. Four or five assists. I mean, he had a bunch of turnovers. But the, to open the game, Milwaukee was almost like, "Yeah, we want to beat you on your court." We're just yeah. going to keep turning the ball over, over. It it's was like, insane. what are you doing? It yeah. was sloppy. Um, maybe they were just tired. Was, maybe, dude. But maybe the pressure, the moment. Mm-hmm. But also, it, it, it's not like Milwaukee's been the most consistent team. I mean, this this could have turned around. If Phoenix had won in Phoenix, who knows how they would have come out in game six in Milwaukee. Oh, sure. Right? If, if they had a 16-point lead in that first half, uh, it couldn't close it out. They're down by 14, tried to come back. If Drew Holiday doesn't have that steal, maybe Booker hits that shot. And we're having a separate conversation about who the superstar is coming out of this series. You know, that's how crazy these uh, uh, these series that are so yeah. tight can be, you know? Legacy defining. It's Right, right. I think it's more uh, condemnation of CP than it is of Booker because Booker's so young and he's gotten here and, and was putting up monster points and the only one that could hit shots for a long stretch. But... Yeah, your yeah. your point is valid of taking CP out. That's the engine, but at the same time, yeah. like uh, Mikael Bridges seemed to lose his confidence those last yeah. four games. Cam yeah. Johnson wasn't playing the same. Uh, Kaminsky yeah. was one of their <laughs> best players out of nowhere. It's like Kaminsky, who I didn't think that they should play. I figured shorten your rotation to six or seven. Put campaign in there with Cam Johnson and Tory Craig, but don't touch Kaminsky because he hasn't played. And then oh, he comes in. God. It's like. Nobody else is willing to do anything right now except for Kaminsky. <laughs> this is fucking nuts. Uh, but, but it happens in the finals all the time, isn't it? Some bench player, some scrub, some 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 former great player yep. comes in and gives you like five, eight minutes of work, and you're and it kind of can keep you in the game or swing the game. You just never like Lopez. Nobody expected that out of Lopez. No, and that dunk was so thing. good. It was, dude. So good. And then him just yelling at the crowd. Like, I felt it at home, and I'm not even a Bucs fan. Like, I would be screaming right back at him right now because that was fantastic. (laughs) In the finals, in a potentially closeout game, you know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) To have something emphatic like that, that was massive. Yeah, it was pretty big. Uh, But, yeah. I mean, I love all the the super team stuff afterwards and be like, Giannis did with super team. And you're like, I don't. (laughs) What? Your definition of super team then is completely different than mine. Middleton is not two-time All Star. Neither one of them are yeah. fucking super teams. Okay, this neither no. one of the, this was Giannis, and with some this is as close to what LeBron tried to do with those Cleveland teams before he got to Miami uh, than ever. Because I, I I think Middleton is a good player, but I'll take Kevin Love or Middleton any day of the week. Uh, I'll take what, Kyrie right Irving over Drew Holiday any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, I think they're about? both comparable, to be honest with you. Um, like on raw, that team with, where they won, sorry. Where yeah. they won, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Raw talent of Kyrie. Well, he was so young then. Yeah. Because Middleton's been steadier by and large, and he comes out in the second half. You, I mean, game six, he had two bad games, if memory serves, in the finals. Yeah, yeah. And the other four, he played well, too. Really good. Uh, yeah. That's an interesting one. Because I think that's more of a super team than what Giannis did. Giannis well, that, willed this team into victory. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Love already had more of a pedigree than Middleton yeah. does. Yeah. And Drew Holiday is their big acquisition. He's two-time defensive 
uh, all-defensive team and one-time all-star, whereas yeah, Love he, was numerous-time all-star. Right. Do, but do you trust Drew Holiday or Kyrie Irving to hit a three-pointer in Steph Curry's face for the game? That I trust Kyrie Irving. I would never trust wow. Drew Holiday. His offensive weapons are – he played well in one fucking game off. Yeah, one. but if you were to go into that series never having seen Kyrie do that or Middleton do what he did in the finals, who would you take? I still would take Kyrie I think it's a very close call. I think I'm leaning towards Middleton just because of that. I'd have to go back and look at the stats of Kyrie. Yeah. Because there have been examples of Middleton carrying the team. Sure. Sure. In the regular season. Yes. And even at times in the playoffs. In the playoffs as well. Prompted Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. But it looked to me, and we've, you know, Matt, you and I have seen NBA for decades. It looked to me like. Giannis like became Neo. Every superstar has that series or that sequence where they become Neo and they they all of a sudden crack the code of the game. Uh, and it's usually when they're under duress in a series, all of a sudden they figure out the game and then they ascend to a next level. Uh, LeBron against Boston, uh, uh, you know, here with Giannis in, in the finals, it seemed like he understood the moment. And it just became, well, he just started doing, all of a sudden started doing this Neo shit and blocking everything. Yeah, I would say LeBron against the Pistons when he single-handedly beat the shit out of them to oh, close out the fourth quarter and win the game. Right. What did he score, like 50 points or 40 Dude, points? it was nuts. That's right. That's he right. scored remember that. almost every point of theirs in the fourth <laughs> that's, quarter. That's right. It was so impressive to watch. And that team was garbage. Yeah, it was garbage. You're right. Well, for a finals team, and that yeah. team was garbage. <laughs> um, uh Damn it, yeah. you just said something that sparked a thought, and then I started focusing oh. on LeBron and the Pistons. Uh, Lost. Oh, yeah, a, a player oh. that cracks the coat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the non-sports fans, we've been going on, you know, for a while, so you may be oh, lost. But sorry about one, that. Yeah. One thing, that's okay. One thing, uh, Giannis is like, so he's, they call him the Greek freak, right? Yes. He is basically Shaquille O'Neal's ability in a more agile body. And at the same percent. time, he is terrible from the free throw line, which is well, he was. You know, he was exactly that's what I'm leading up to. So this guy yeah. can he'll dunk on you all day, run transition. You can't stop him. He's so long and athletic that he'll just it's it's impressive to watch. Um, but he shoots about fifty five percent in the playoffs. Yeah, six yeah. to sixty percent max. So six out of ten shots he will hit, and they foul the shit out of him all the time. Right. So it can cost him at the line, and he was he shot eighty nine percent in this game shooting a high volume. <laughs> and what if this is the psychological trigger that now he's a good free throw shooter going forward? Oh, he overcame that at the most critical moment. And then from yep. now on, we can all look at him and be like, psychologically, that's where he flipped. And he's now a 70 some odd percent free throw shooter. Yeah. I, um, JT and I on game time on Monday night, we were talking about that or Monday day, we were talking about that and how like, this is the only thing you can ding him on is the free throw shooting. And if he ever figures that out, say good night. So if you're right, if this is the game where he understood what he needs to do, mm-hmm. the whole league should be shaking in their yeah. fucking boots about well, what this guy can do. And free agents are going to want to come play for this team as well. I don't think Milwaukee's done winning titles by a long time. Uh, they the got guys. no money, though. Uh, um, yeah, fair. They have a super-duper max for Giannis, and the Middleton has a max, and Drew Holiday has a max. They don't have much money left. Um, <laughs> okay. They don't. Would I be even more fearful of? So it's it's always been free throws and any kind of shot outside of 15 feet for him. And yeah. he was making gorgeous little in-rhythm turnarounds from 14, 15 feet, feet in this game. So if he can get his free throw or his three-point shooting 
to 35%. <laughs> this is yeah. going to get really crazy really quick. Yeah. It's like, say, right. just, you just need to push him out from the paint and you can start to nullify and just like, well, if he can shoot free throws and make these little turnarounds and all this shit, well, getting out to the three point line is the next step. And just like, dear God, he's going to be dominating on an even higher level if yeah. that happens. Good God Almighty. Yeah, it's so impressive to watch. It'd be the equivalent <laughs> of somebody won an Oscar and we all went, you know what, though? That individual could get better at this very tiny specific thing of acting. And then they yeah. do that in the next movie and you're like, there's nobody that even competes. <laughs> this person's going to win every year. It's Meryl yeah. Streep meets Daniel Day-Lewis and had an Uber baby. <laughs> it just anytime they touch it that that individual whether it be director or cinema that doesn't even fucking matter yeah um and it does, almost doesn't seem fair like they're going to need to change rules to help nullify it's it's in in the cards if he can get that three-point shot we'll see his mechanics are still a little bit interesting from that range well th- and that should be scary too if we look at it that way i mean he's still growing as a player yeah that should scare everybody 26. in the world as well he's only 26 you know yeah. We got about seven more years, barring any really serious injuries, before he starts to slowly take that turn into the end. But that's going to be incredible to to see what he can do with this Milwaukee team. Because, man, I mean, and, and possibly Middleton was going to get better. Possibly Drew Holiday's motivated to get better. That that could be scary as hell. Yeah. And if if nothing else, at the end of the day, Budenholzer now gets to like, like you know, shut up all the critics, including me, who said that he was terrible with in game management and he blew it a a few times in series with more talented teams he was able to guide this team and figure out how to shut down monty uh and what he was doing with those sons and i mean i think monty's gonna also retool in the offseason and him going to visit the uh, locker room a few minutes after the game that's class man that's fucking class Uh, not a lot of coaches would do that so shout out to that guy for sure man yeah i can't wait for next season to start we're gonna have to have (laughs) The Olympics tied us over if it continues oh. to go through. They've already said Friday is the deadline to win. They may still cut it off. Yeah, I know. A country's already pulled out. Guinea pulled out this morning. I think Guinea was going to win like a bunch of medals. But doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter, though. Still, still, that's a sign, you know. Did yeah. you see uh, there was one country that sent too many swimmers? And they, it was a uh, shit. Who was it? Yeah. It was a European country, and they sent too many swimmers, and they had to bring six people home. Wow, and now those dude. people are pissed off and they want to sue their IOC, whatever that is, their Olympic wow. National Olympic com- Committee, because uh, they thought that they were going to the Olympics. But then, wow, with, really? I mean, what, you know, that, this looks like it's going to be the disaster of all disasters. Yeah. Um, so I, I know it cost them four or five billion to delay it this, to this year, mm-hmm. but if they were wise, they would have delayed it one more year and be like, it's just not good enough. We I agree. Need it. But I'm also not paying for that. Yeah. So it's easy to sit on the sidelines and be like, Oh, what do I care? Big corporations losing money. Uh, <laughs> well, cause it could affect jobs and all that stuff. If they have to keep floating that and be like, I'm sorry, we have to lay off huge chunks of people. Yeah. And so we're going to have to suffer the indignity of what's arguably going to be the worst Olympics ever. Yeah. Um, I- I think that's what's shocking about it all is like, you're like, well, what's 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 the end result going to be of stubbornly having these Olympics? Why would you keep, you know, force these situations to happen? Why would you put these people in these positions? It just doesn't make sense. Uh, and the the numbers are rising like crazy. 
And are these players going to want, and already there's controversy, right? The U.S. women's team got their butts handed to them yesterday morning, 3-0. Uh, the Dutch handball or the Dutch uh, beach volleyball, there's some arguments about the sexism involved. In it. So all of this is starting that. To me, once something occurs with bad energy, it just brings more bad energy around it. And, you know, people who even don't want to get involved in it or don't want to have any bad energy get sucked up into the bad energy. And I think that's what's happening around this Olympics. It seems really just stubbornly stupid to have it on so many levels. Because And if these great athletes get this shit, man, that's that's not a good thing. It's not a good experience for you to remember the olympics oh i was in it but then yeah i couldn't i I had to pull out because i got covid and oh well there goes four years of training you know what i'm saying yeah if they just i i know i agree it's going to be a weird olympics if it ends up going through unless we can (laughs) it's just these hiccups in the beginning and it's smooth sailing from here on in because they get used to the routine and everybody's you don't mingle with anyone until you're done with your events and away from other people. Maybe that's a possibility. Maybe I don't Maybe. think that's. Uh, I think a, it's slim. Long thing. Yeah, right. It is slim. Yeah. You know. uh, but yeah, we'll see. We <laughs> shall see. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we are here to talk about. Uh, yeah, we're to talk about uh, the top ten movies set in Chicago. Uh, we had a great uh, episode. I thought last week, Matt just shooting the shit about Bruce Willis and and then uh, and other things, and then ending up uh, yeah. just counting our list. Oh, yeah, at the yeah. End. Yeah. Outside of a couple people, um, that seemed to have a nice response. Of yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I am. Uh, I'm pleased you guys like the fact that uh, we just kibitzed for. 55 60 minutes and then quickly went through our list i saw a couple of people were like the list starts at just skip over and I, if that's a joke good for you if it's genuinely if you want to skip all the bullshit here's the actual list all right well fine that show is not for you the list i saw that starts at. yeah i saw that a couple of times fyi list starts at uh i'm assuming it was a joke i saw that and i was like that made me laugh Oh, that's brilliant. I think that's damn brilliant. Yeah. By the way, if you're wondering, the list starts at... <laughs> Here, if you just want to skip all the nonsense. Uh. <laughs> yeah. More power to you, man. More power to you. Uh, you you got a right to tell people where the list starts. Uh, you're it's fans. information. It is yeah, quality we, information. Absolutely. We put you through so much, so... You've got every right, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're all for it, and uh, if that's what you're tuning in for each week. Like, then you frustratingly sit through this shit <laughs> each and every time. I'm not entirely sure why you do it, but God bless you. You just love lists that much. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> oh my god. Oh, man. Sorry about the coffee. I, I, this is getting worse, man. I'm going to have to end up going to a doctor. been having some lung issues over the last few months that have just started to get worse and worse where I wake up and I'm like having trouble breathing and I'm coughing if I laugh too much or if I take in too much breath. So I'm a little concerned. So I'm going to go take a look and see what's going on. It's probably nothing. Probably just some. Eh, it's probably some, tuber- tuberculosis. <laughs> it sounds like TV to me. Uh-huh. Sounds pretty sure every book I've ever read about the old West and miners and stuff. It starts, <laughs> <The old> slow. <laughs> <laughs> it starts slow. Well, you are the outlaw, you know, so you That's need true. to succumb to, I should, co- uh, yeah, you know, the milk or- <laughs> sickness or some shit that no one really gets anymore. 
<laughs> You've just been eating hardtack all day. Oh, man, he died of the rabbit sickness, uh, which is when you eat too much protein, you're not getting enough fat in your diet. Oh. <laughs> just, oh, I, need, I need you to come visit me like a yeah, tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So it's uh, probably tuberculosis. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Something has been uh, all but eradicated. Uh, but no, of course I got to catch it. Of course, yeah, well, you skipped COVID, but you caught this. You fucking old timer <laughs> got tuberculosis. Enjoy that. Uh, yeah, that sucks. I haven't had thankfully That's... since I. It's been a long time, but yeah, used to get bronchitis yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I don't have bronchitis. I don't feel like that. Like that's I know what bronchitis feel like. It's the worst. But my lungs, for whatever reason, they've always been subject to this kind of shit. And uh, you know, the last few years it's been bronchitis. I had that walking pneumonia about back in fuck 2016, 2015, something like that. So mm-hmm. I don't think my lungs have ever been the same since. So she's getting concerned because there are days where I go through the whole day and I'm just coughing for no reason, and it just kind of gets a little bit exhausting. I'm sure, um, especially because they do so much talking on these fucking shows, man. You know, eventually, wouldn't that be the irony? That would be the irony as hell, man. So, cholera. That's it. Charles says he got cholera. You got cholera? Oh, that's terrible. That is. Uh, that's not easy. Cholera is not easy, ladies and gentlemen. I think it is not easy. <laughs> dysentery's got to be one of the worst ways to oh, go. You thanks. just shit yourself to death. No thanks. Um, uh, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> No thanks at all. Uh, anyway, so we're going to count down our top 10 uh, uh, movies set in Chicago here. Uh, the list starts now for anyone to make it. Wants to make yep, 25-minute mark, or does it start now? I don't know. I mean, technically, we, we've done this start and stop uh, uh, two times now saying this is what the list is. And it also comes from our patron, Charles Clark. So thank you, Charles. Yeah, Charles who's, Clark. Uh, who's in the chat. Uh, we appreciate it, but is it starting now? I don't know. I, we can't. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I don't want to get in trouble with the one guy. He was like, you know what? The list starts at one ten, one hour and ten minutes. So just in case you, you got any good hot uh, entertainment news from today, what do you got? Uh, what's going on in the world? Um, I don't know. I haven't looked at anything. I mean, the new Dune trailer dropped. I haven't taken a look at that yet. I was going to do a reaction to it later on today, but. Did you take a look at this? Did you see this new trailer? I, I watched the first one, and uh, I'm okay. already good to go. I mean, I was good once it was – Denny said that this was his next pro- next project. Like, okay, I, yeah. I will see yeah. it. Yeah. At this point, like that's the level of credit you've earned with me. Uh, I have no affinity towards the original movie, um, yeah. and I didn't read the books. But okay. it seems like there's a wealth of source material there, so perhaps they can he can really do something impactful with this, and I'm looking forward to it. So. Hey, all right. Have you seen The Rock's response to Vin Diesel? <laughs> no, did he okay. come back at, for the acting? Here, here. If you remember a few weeks ago when Vin Diesel was, you know, feeling himself doing the F nine. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and he said, "I had to be a bit of a hard ass on The Rock because I'm an executive yeah. producer, and I had to crack some heads to get him on set to do certain things." Yeah, and then he said he that pompously say that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, Matt. What, but just did, like his acting method, uh, yes. when he was like, as a blah, 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 you know, right. you need to get this type of, and just, okay, anyway, please continue. He said, it was, he's, this is what he said to Men's Health, uh, Vin Diesel. It was a tough character to embody the Hobbes character. Uh, so I had to, I had to adopt a tough love approach. 
uh, as a produ- to, to help him get into the right headspace. As a producer, to say, okay, we're going to take Dwayne Johnson, who's associated with wrestling. Uh, I mean, never mind that Vin Diesel was a fucking bouncer. And we're going to force mm-hmm. the cinematic world audience members to regard his character as someone that they don't know. Hobbs hits you like a ton of bricks. That's something I'm proud of, that aesthetic. That took a lot of work. We had to get there, and sometimes at that time I could give a lot of tough love. Not Fellini-esque. Oh, fuck you. There but I go. wouldn't do anything I'd have to do in order to get performances in anything I'm producing. Oh, Fellini, Vin Diesel. Exactly. Fellini. That's what it was. It wasn't his acting style, but the style of, you know. Uh, so what yeah. was Rock's response? So the Rock's response when they asked him about it, because, uh, of course, he's on his uh, the Dungle Cruise promotion yeah, his pr swing yeah and so he said uh what did he say hold on uh oh yeah remember he re- he responded initially on instagram in 2019 when hobbs and shaw broke he said brother he wanted to thank brother vin for his support he said i'll be seeing you soon toretto uh, and when they asked him uh, now if he'd go back and do any uh, uh fast and furious movies he said i've wished them well i wish them well on fast nine i wish them the best of luck on Fast 10 and Fast 11 and the rest of the Fast and Furious movies they do that will be without me. And when they asked him about the Fellini quotes and the tough love approach, Dwayne Johnson said, I laughed and I laughed hard. I think everyone had a laugh at that and I'll just leave it at that. Exactly. What a class. What a class. Bam. Have you ever seen the clip of uh, Kenan Thompson doing uh, LeVar Ball? Oh on yeah, the t- on- with the TNT crew. Yeah, and eventually Kenny asks him, "Be like, don't you think your sons should be in school or something?" He's like, "Man, he it's just high man. That's <laughs> in my head. That's rock. Like, man, shut your." <laughs> but I was expecting nothing but that. It's pure class. Yep, he is. Uh, you know, he is ever the politician. Yeah, Vin, Vin is a moron. Uh, sometimes I know, but- for this shit. Uh, I just don't understand. He's not. He's not. A, from everybody I know who's like interviewed him and stuff, he's a nice guy, Vin Diesel. But just saying this stuff, just like no one is going. Oh, you know what? I need to reclassify Vin Diesel in my mic because he he name dropped Fellini. I was like, come on, dude. Yeah, come no, on. That's not how it works. Please, I get that you're Italian or whatever. It's just ridiculous, man. Ah, uh, dude, have you um, ever seen? The videos of him with the like uh, on Facebook with his group. It was from a few years ago. No, he had fan pages and whatnot. He would interact Mm -hmm. with them. It is the pure definition of cringe. This the three or four that I've seen. Why is like? And another thing about Antonio Nini. He just he's trying to have (laughs) like a real connection with people. Uh, Yeah, but it's I don't know it. The lack of of engagement from the viewer, i.e., me at least. Yeah, yeah. Maybe for his fans, they they ate it right. I'm sure they did. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> just re- utterly ridiculous and good for the Rock and be like, I wish them nothing but luck. Because yeah. why? Who cares? He's, he's moved fine. on. Yeah, he's making his money. And I would argue that the Rock is successful in multiple formats. He's still a legend in the yes. WWE, and there's rumors he might be coming back this year for WrestleMania. He's still he, he, Young Rock has already been picked up for a second season on NBC. It's successful. He's written successful books. Uh, I think he's working towards kids' books. He's produced a shit ton of television, game shows, whatever. Uh, he And all these movies, all these franchises. Oh, yeah, and Ballers. Oh, yeah, and his, uh, his uh, workout wear on Under Armour that sells out all the time. The guy is a mega star on so many levels. He works harder 
than anybody on the face of the planet. And Vin Diesel, who's lucky to have one franchise that's working out for him, because uh, don't give me that Groot shit. He is an ensemble piece in that. Yes. Uh, he, and, and, or Iron Giant, again, ensemble piece in that. But this is the only franchise he's got. When he's veered out of the franchise, he has sucked nuts. Bloodshot sucked. Uh, Pacifier sucked. Uh, oh, yeah, Pitch Black was good, but you could argue the other two films aren't anywhere near as good. Chronicles of Riddick. Black. and Yeah, and the whatever the last one was. I didn't Riddick. see the I last just, one. I think it's just called Riddick. Um, mm. So, like, this idea of, like, thinking you it, – it, it's it's like The Rock is just so much bigger than him. It's not even oh, – he's yeah. punching down to even have a extended – Precisely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that tells you everything you need to know. Vin Diesel is technically the face of one of the most profitable franchises in cinematic history. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. You never see him in anything outside of, whereas The Rock is a part of a bunch of things that do well. Some of them do great. Yeah. And yet he continues to work. Right. Exactly. And Vin, and- like, uh, and Vin, Vin is like, you see him in the fast every year at this point yeah. and nothing else. Like, yeah. A voice, sure, a voice in Guardians. Uh, right. But yeah. None of us count that. No. I mean, Stallone's about to be King Shark and Suicide Squad. Do I have to reevaluate Stallone's, uh, you know, like, come on, give me a break. Yeah. Stallone is who he is. Just like, uh, uh, yeah. what's his face is who he is. But does um, King Shark just say, I am shark? No. Or, <laughs> shark gonna bite? And he just says that, shark gonna bite. He says shark like, gonna bite. And that's what he says. It's just stuff like that. It's really one word. <laughs> it's just, it's even less. It's even less. It's an acting exercise. Who can convey the most emotion in the lowest amount, number, lowest number of words? Uh, and I guess Stallone was like, "I'm going to one up Vin and do it one word instead of three. There's a uh, a great clip on YouTube of uh, Kevin Pollock, and he's on some radio show. Oh, Pollock's and, the best. And he said he's with someone else. Can't remember who it is, but they do uh-huh. these impressions where you have to boil down the person to one word. Oh, but it, oh wow! But it can't be something like. You know, uh, uh, you can't just say like uh, anything like die hard. And then right, you're just right, doing right. like a, you have to do something just a regular everyday word. And he's like, so here's my Liam Neeson and bananas. But the way he says it, you instantly hear Liam Neeson. And you're like, that is good. That is fucking talent. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't believe I've seen him do any others oh. or just one word like that. It's the only one that I've seen. But yeah, if we get it down to that, if you could boil down the essence of a character to one word and pull it off, that's incredible that's performing. <laughs> Maybe up for an Oscar type of thing. If it's just a shark. Shark. Like, wow, I'm really feeling the shark. <laughs> was like the dude sequence in basketball with like, dude, dude. Oh, yeah. Dude. And they have a full conversation at certain points. You're not entirely sure. And at other points, you're like, I clearly know what they're emoting to one another right now. Right, Some right. form of offense that I didn't understand from before, and then now his reaction to that offense. Like, I get it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Acting in a ridiculous movie. Well, another part of this, too, is that uh, um, Emily Blunt weighed in. Uh, and Emily Blunt, I mean, I love Emily Blunt. Sure. She, she said straight up uh, when they were asked, because she was apparently sitting next to The Rock when he responded. Of course. Uh, and she said, oh, just thank God. thank Just thank God he was there, she said. She joked about Diesel's Fellini-esque approach to acting. Thank God he carried you through that movie for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's never going to work with Dan- Vin. Yeah. That's the other thing. Right. The Rock, look at his co-stars. And they're all, yeah. whereas Vin, it's Tyrese. 
and Michelle oh. Rodriguez and yeah, yeah. Uh, Ludacris. Right. It's not like a who's who on that fast. Good yeah, for you. Not- you guys make a lot of money, but exactly. But you're not looking at the you know no. the best actors. Whereas pretty much everything The Rock is in, you're like, yeah, that's that's somebody that everybody seems to want to work with, uh, yeah. or gets a lot of work independently of of that. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, he's he's a legit working actor. Vin is a occasional movie star. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, Vin, you, your franchise is worth minimum a billion at the box office. Congratulations. That's a huge achievement. Oh yeah, totally. It is. I'm not knocking you, but at the same mm-hmm. time. Find Me Guilty is my favorite acting of yours. And then after that, we're talking like Saving Private Ryan or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so again, I'm not. He's not even the lead in those movies. Uh, right? I mean, the movies. Well, he's Find Me in. Guilty is. Oh, well, uh, right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. He produced that one, though. He made that one happen when nobody wanted to. Yeah, nobody else wanted it. Give him the chance to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's what? really good in it. I was so thoroughly shocked. Yeah. Uh, where is that Vin? Please bring me more of that Vin. That that came up um, with my girlfriend. She actually saw Find Me Guilty and liked it. Yeah. And we, we were randomly talking about Vin Diesel the other day, and she brought that up. And I was like, holy shit, Nose loves that movie. It's good, man. He is yeah. really – like, he's he's got yeah. charisma. He's got yeah. charm. You're rooting for a guy that you know is kind of – you know, he's a, he's a mobster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's – a true story we're on a rico case and they're all getting tried roughly at the same time just because there's too many of them and clog up the court systems for too long right and uh yeah vince excellent in that and then find me something yeah. else that i can even come close to that approximation of the feeling that i have when i watch his acting and it's tough for me to do it's a slim yeah. list i couldn't do a top 10 of vin diesel if my life depended on it oh well not if you would take out all the fast and furious movies which you don't like so nope yeah there's no way well, uh, I've only seen two and clips of uh, the one that he's not in, Tokyo Drift. All right. Yes. I've just seen some of the drifting clips. (laughs) That's all I've seen. So I've seen one and I've seen Brazil, whichever one that is. Oh, that's five. Fast five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And then I saw Hobbs and Shaw. That's Hemsworth's wife, by the way, who plays the um, Brazilian agent. The one... And Ben ends up having an affair with her and they have a child or whatever. But yeah, I mean, that's his, that's Chris Hemsworth's wife. Um, Elsa Pataki, I think her name is. They just celebrated 10 years together and she, like, they were got together before he got famous. I wonder what that's like, man. It must be a fucking impossible situation. The demands. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris. They seem oh, like right. a- from the outside, their their public persona seemed like, oh, they seem to really get one another. Yeah. There's yeah, a bond yeah. between the two of them, and then he became super-duper star. Yeah. And put a stress on, and now they're separated, so. Yeah. Uh, and she's yeah. Can, you, can you imagine, though? You got Hemsworth at home, and then you have to show up on set, and you get Diesel on set. You're like, I got Chris at home. <laughs> this is going to take some serious acting on my part. Because I got Chris at home, and it's nothing against Vin. Because uh, that's a little bit against Vin. Well, I'm saying Chris, Chris compared to anybody. That's true. We had a handsome man discussion last week. But here's another yeah. handsome man that I don't think came up. Just like, well, this dude is like a pantheon in our lib- modern era handsome. Yeah. And it's Vin, true. you're a muscular looking thumb. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that's what he is. He's a thumb with muscles. Uh, yeah, I get a lot of it. Not, not, not yeah, well, you know, 
according yeah. to some people, I- I'm off brand Dana Carvey. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we all have our crosses to bear in life. I'm not That's Chris true. Hemsworth or any <sighs> number of really beautiful people. Uh, just ridiculous. You're like, all right, well, good for you. You know what's crazy though? I, I I have a few Australians who who follow me and will chime in on some of the stuff I do, and a lot of them don't think Chris Hemsworth is that attractive. And I think it's because they knew him when he was on the soaps, and he mm-hmm. wasn't like even the standout performer on the soaps. Mm-hmm. And so I think in their minds they don't see him as this hot ass dude or whatever. But in my mind. He absolutely objectively is a hot fucking guy. He's a great. I would love to look like that guy. Uh, you know, I think my penis would fall off if I looked like that guy from so much sex I'd be having. If I looked like that guy, you know, before I met my girlfriend, I mean, of course, of course. who wouldn't want to be a, a beautiful person? <laughs> Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Manson, the beautiful people. I, who knows? Who knows? Maybe <laughs> if you gave Mar- Marilyn Manson the choice, he would yeah. choose. Uh, slightly who wouldn't want to be <laughs> just ridiculously good looking I know because uh, oh, then everything else you do is like ah it's just cherry on top and this Sunday's got a boatload of cherries because it already <laughs> started off as a three scoop Sunday is he the best looking of all the Marvel guys would you say like over Chris Evans yeah I think he's better looking than Chris Evans personally yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with Chris Evans he's a handsome dude yeah. but Hemsworth is amongst the Avengers. Uh, oh yeah, I think he's yeah. better looking than that. Certainly better looking than Ruffalo. Better looking than <laughs> Renner. No, some women uh, have a thing for Ruffalo, man. Some yeah, hundred percent. But I just he's, love the you know, immediate. Certainly better than that was the first. Certainly better than we're not even well, to me. It's equivocating on this. This is not a discussion. Case closed. Ruffalo, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right, Ruffalo. Yeah. Uh, He's dying of tuberculosis, and I'm off-brand Dana Carvey. So, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not doing too shabby in life. What else? Who else is there? Uh, yeah, it's better looking than Paul Rudd, I think. Um, yeah, uh, Downey Jr. Yes, Robert Downey. Yeah, so, but some people might fight the Robert Downey Jr. One. Those people know. are wrong. Just for oh. okay, pull personality, pull all of it aside. We're just talking about the physical makeup of the yeah. individual. What about Bozeman, the late great Chad? Would you? I know he's passed, but you can still be honest. Do you think? Hemsworth is better looking than Chadwick? Yes. Okay. All right. Fair. He's certainly better looking than Pratt. That's not even a question. Sure. Um, Okay. In my mind, I think he's better looking than Pratt. I I think it's against all of the other superheroes in my book. I can't think of a single one that. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there are people out there that prefer Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, my God. But if you're saying handsome to handsome, pulling everything else aside. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hemsworth is just. All the psychological stuff where the the alignment of the eyes is seems to be pretty much perfect. You know, he doesn't have the uh, uh, Shannon Doherty Picasso eyes. <laughs> but it's all the stupid symmetry things that unconsciously we are attracted to. Pretty sure Chris Hemsworth's got them all. He's got yeah, all. yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I just science is going to win on that one. Wow. If you want to factor in personality, now it's a completely different conversation. It's true. It's, it's true. It's the Greek proverb of beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. So, you know, somebody yeah. out there is like, fuck you, Ruffalo is easily the most handsome. Like, well, yeah, there are probably are plenty of women who would oh, say yeah. Ruffalo. It would take Ruffalo number one. Yeah. That they see Hemsworth as a bit of a, a, a you know, like a, a could be too dude. pretty, could be too. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Or too muscular, just like this big, they don't want a huge, totally whatever. Yeah. You know, at that point it's taste and whatnot. But if you're just talking about the science of their handsomeness, Mm. I don't think anybody touches Hemsworth in Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think I'm absolutely going to be right on that. Oh, Kurt Russell. What about Kurt? Oh, well, Kurt Russell's a villain, though. But, eh, you know, you can't put him up against him. That's not even, no. No. You're right. All right. All right. I have to concede that point. I think you're absolutely right on that. A thousand percent with him. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and now, if you go over to the D.C. side, oof. Henry Cavill, maybe? Yeah, I think Cavill is the best looking one. Absolutely. Uh, I think he smashes uh Ezra Miller and Oh yeah it's not even close to oh Momoa but some women might choose Momoa man Momoa yeah Momoa is a handsome a, dude that's a like Idris a Elba yeah uh, Idris Elba he's in both what is he's he in, in Marvel as well why he's am I a, blanking what is he in Marvel he's a Hemdall in uh in the four series he's run he runs the, the oh yeah 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 though yeah. the I can't yeah, the, believe I spaced on that yeah, no, no, because he, he's spaced. He's not a fan of that role either. He's mad. That it's he such a nothing role. He should never should have taken it. Never should have taken it. I agree with you a thousand percent. Yeah, see, Drew N says Momoa, one hundred percent Momoa. Yeah, so. I think on the DC side we can have an <laughs> argument. What's up? What about non-professional baseball player who plays? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Drew Enns. What, you were having a bad day, so you got to make one of us feel like they got to have a bad day, you <laughs> son of a bitch? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. That was a great battle. That was a damn good debate. We had one of the, we had one of those in a long time. That was wow. a good one. I like that one. Because <laughs> the, the definition was so arbitrary. It, it really was. You know what? I couldn't believe. I was look. I I went after that discussion the next day. I was like looking through. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Minor league ball players are considered professional ball players. Yes, I'm like, and there's this only makes no sense to me. But okay, if if you uh, think about the sheer numbers of kids playing baseball at that time to even make it to double A, you fought I mean, through hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people to get that spot. That's fair. That's private. Or and there this was nepotism involved, maybe because could be. That. Or yeah, he, he was. A, I, I don't know the but. Right. That maybe gets you into single A. <laughs> we'll get to actually make it a double. Because then the argument becomes, well, Jordan made it to double. And it's like, yeah, but Jordan was also the best athlete of his era across true. any sport. Yeah, that's true. So, true. and he already had like, I'm, you know, if we teach him up a little bit, we can get him into triple. That's yeah. completely, that's a different argument in my book. Right. Um, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah. The equivalent would be if, if Jordan in Space Jam was somewhat like the acting was next level, not almost Oscar nominated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. type of thing. Be like, okay, well now he jumped into this pool. There to me is the rough equivalent. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, that was a, that was a good one. It led to an interesting argument to say the very <laughs> least. Oh man. Um, what else? What, what, what do you got going on? What, what, what's uh, in the world of entertainment on your side of things? What's, what's, uh, what's, what's up your, uh, what's sticking your crawl? I mean, n- entertainment wise, as of right now, basically, uh, since the finals are done now, it's like reset. Now I started looking forward to movies. Wouldn't saw yeah. Black Widow, but I haven't did, really seen much of anything else. Did you like Black Widow? Did we talk it about right. it already? I don't, I don't okay. think so. I, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Uh, it was all right. Okay. It had moments. Oh, right. yeah, we did talk about it a little bit last week. We did? Okay. All right. So uh, I don't know if, if I forgot or not. 
No, because then um, we started doing the, is it better than this movie, that movie? We did it for like oh, 90 right. seconds or something. I think we both agreed on where it ranked. Somewhere Roughly the thereabouts. I have it higher yeah. than some movies you probably like, and you may have it higher than some movies that I probably like, but yeah, yeah. in the same rough ballpark. It's by by no means their worst. Right. Right, right, right. Um, so that's good, I guess, at yeah. least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just looking forward to nothing this weekend, but next weekend's got stuff coming out. Uh, green so you're not going to see old? You're not excited about old? The, the fact that they haven't released it for critics up until right now tells me yeah. everything I need to know. <laughs> if when it's M. Night Shyamalan and they bury the lead on this for this long, it means it's going to be terrible. <laughs> Whereas if it was good, they'd get the word out early and be like, guys, Shyamalan did it. <laughs> he did it. He did it. So I have not looked up, but I looked up like two days ago and the embargo was still in place. Yeah. And it's days before the release. So, no, the thing's going to be terrible. Yeah, Have I've you got, seen um, it? No, I haven't. I got the link last night I went because I, I got invited to Snake Eyes. So the way they worked it was they sent me the link to old, but I went to go see Snake Eyes in the theater because they weren't having links for Snake Eyes. So I was like, all right, I'll do the reverse. So I went to see the Snake Eyes in the theater last night. But I'm going to watch old once we're done with our uh, show here and our topic, Thunder. I'm going to watch old because uh, I only have 24 hours to watch it. And then do a review for it for tomorrow morning. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've seen some positive responses, and I've seen some negative from people who got the chance to see it a couple of days ago in L.A. when they screened it yeah. in L.A. So, but I've seen some not so positive. JT got quoted in one of the articles I was looking at. So, shout out to JT for getting quoted on that. So, um, but yeah, we'll see. Well, right now it's okay. It's What's it at sitting right now? at sixty percent? It's not bad. Sixty-one percent film. That bad. is infinitely better than i thought it was going to be <laughs> well the fact that they held on to it at this point i was guessing 30s in my head oh yeah right thinking it was gonna be terrible yeah right. just terrible just i don't think not he can the afford a bad movie he do can't. you no right well i would assume the budget on this one is pretty low yeah it's all on a beach and with a you know no expensive cast right yeah i mean Vicky Crepes and Rufus Sewell are not breaking your bank. Neither is Thomas no. and Mackenzie. He's still building. No. Uh, and Alex is great, but he's not, you know, he's not demanding yeah. five. None of these people million. are getting right. Exactly. The top tier, top tier type of money. So he could, he could, you know, foul tip this and still yeah. make another move because the sure, budget sure, is sure. so low, but it'll be tougher and tougher as time goes on to yeah. get money from studios. If you just continue to put out stuff that only does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cause they'd rather put those resources somewhere else. I don't know. Did I you see, see him... space jam? No, I didn't see space jam. Come on, dude. It's not made for me. I didn't see the original space jam until like 10 years after it was out. You like animation stuff. I thought for sure you'd have seen it by now. Yeah, but I know on the outset that this is going to be made for six year olds. That's true. It's very much made for six year olds. Yeah. That's and that's what I've lot. heard of take a kid with you and they're going to love it. And you'll love it vicariously through them. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> If my nephew wants to watch it or something like that, I will happily watch it. I'm not going to poo-poo it, but right. I am not going to go out of my way and watch it. Just... Unless everybody I know that went on song be like, no, it's great. Then, yes, I'd love to go see the animation and all that stuff <laughs> happily. But as soon as I got confirmation that, oh, it's made it for wasn't. six-year-olds, like, okay. It's what I was, I was kind of hoping for that because that's who it should be made for. Right, right, right. right. Good point. If you're really going to follow the blueprint of the first one, the first one was made for six to ten-year-olds. Right. Good point. Yep. True. true. Um, although I think it's, you know, it's later in LeBron's career because this would have meant more to 
a completely like a 10 years younger generation. Yeah. Um, cause then they would have been just about like right in the sweet spot of this guy's the greatest, like growing up with, in their opinion, the greatest ever. There's going to yeah. be a whole generation that feels that no one could ever touch LeBron and they're not wrong on some level. No, huh? uh, but yeah, no, I've only gone back. Black Widow is the only thing I've seen so far. The only other one I was potentially was going to do was a quiet place, but oh, yeah. I wasn't fully vaccinated. I still was in that two week window and mm-hmm. then it passed and uh, I was like, ah, I'll see it eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was trying to side with Krasinski of boycotting at the theater because the studio was screwing him over, even though that doesn't make sense because you would want to support it in the theater. That way he, he wins the argument, but I'm yeah. trying to spin it for you, John. Uh, <laughs> I hear you, man. I respect what you're doing. <laughs> uh, I understand your argument. Your argument makes a lot of sense because <laughs> you didn't know that going into it. And now no, no, it hurts the financial outlook of your film. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, that's it. So green night. What else is next weekend? Um, next weekend? Yeah. I'm seeing green night Tuesday night. I can't fucking wait dude. that's one I've been looking forward yeah, to. That looks super interesting. And I've seen some critics say already, Oh, it takes a little while to get going. I'm like, get yeah, good. Good. 24. Yeah, I want it to take its fucking time because I know yeah. the ending is going to be stellar. So let me live in this fucking world a little bit more and let's get to that ending. You know what I'm saying? It's, I'm no rush. So um, what else is coming out next weekend, man? We should know this. Um, or we should. We got going on, for God's sakes. <laughs> well, you get them early and I don't watch trailers. That's true. So we kind of we fall into that weird kind of. Yeah, uh, I just place. look at the. Oh, here's the slate oh. of. Yeah, Jungle, Jungle Cruise is coming out is coming out, Jungle. and Stillwater, which I saw, which I saw already, um, the Matt Damon one where he goes yeah. to. Europe. I was looking forward to that, but now the reviews are kind of like meh. No, no, it's good, dude. Don't listen okay. to fucking reviews. He, it's, right, well, it's the greatest um, performance he's ever done, in my opinion. Um, more wow. than Goodwill, more than anything else, I think he's absolutely stellar in the movie now does is the movie have a little bit of some of the plot conveniences yeah i would say so but i think for what it was going for it certainly hits the mark so um i've been surprised at some of the people going back just like i've been a bit surprised by some of the people going back at joe bell um i watched joe bell yesterday i'm gonna do the review for later next week or this weekend but like that's the new mark Wahlberg one where he it's based on true story where he is walking across Mm. the country to new york in honor of his son who was killed or who killed himself hung himself because of the gay bashing uh, uh verbal and physical gay bashing endured at high school and uh just you know an, an uncaring populace in that small town of his um and so he's doing this march well some people are like oh it's kind of one note or it's surface i'm like fuck you man this is a film about a guy who is uh uh you know walking across country and trying to mm-hmm. highlight um the need to be more accepting of homosexuality accepting gay people and all that uh gay uh, you know gay women and, and gay men and women and you're gonna go and ding it because it didn't fucking you know reach classic level status shut up it is what it is it's a very simple film but you you'll defend simple films that are action films you'll defend simple drama films simple comedy films so yeah. give a little bit of love to this one and let it be what it is you know and i think i thought it was a damn good film for what it was and it's not, it's not gonna like i said it's not a classic film about it it's not gonna it, but it has its emotional moments and i think yeah. they're they're worth it you know so i feel like you're describing sully to me that's how i was trying to sell you and so yeah like, that's it's a right. solid movie 
It's not yes. going to be the greatest movie ever, but it's a solid movie. Yeah. yeah. Alex, uh, I'll be curious. Alex Russell says he's seen Joe Bell tonight. I'll be curious to hear what you've got to think, Alex. Uh, and he said, yes, still waters theater only, I believe, not on HBO. No, it's not. You got to go to the theater to see, uh, see uh, uh, still water. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm going, go ahead. Sorry, man. Go ahead. I was going to say the week after that is, so now is, I think, when the summer heats up. Mm-hmm. It's been mm-hmm. that like that the whole time for me. I'm just waiting until we get to the end of July. Yeah. Uh, right, because then it's it's um you got Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, and uh, Free Guy. After that, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, respect. I don't really give a shit about. Yeah. Uh, the TV show was mediocre, in my opinion. Oh yeah, then then Candyman comes out later on in <laughs> August. Bless you. Thank you. And then Shang Chi in September, and we're on the way, man. I know, it's a way. slow summer, but I mean, what what's to be expected? Oh, yeah. Right with COVID and everything, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah and all productions being shut down and needing to yeah. to move stuff to try and maximize, but also not screw up your entire uh, just yeah. landscape of movies over the next three years. Yeah, so you got to push some of these out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, looking forward to that. Many Saints of Newark. It's in October. I like. <sighs> I don't know. I watched that trailer. You know, I like liked it? it, and the problem is, I. I will be intrigued to see whether or not his son can pull off Tony. Oh yeah, I agree. That it all it it, it stylistically it's engaging. Mm-hmm. I like the peripheral characters like Lung, Young Junior. Yeah. Um, but every time I see him, I just want it to be his father. Yep. And am I am I able to get over that and see him for the actor and the character that he's trying to bring to life, or am I always going to envision his father? And I. Right now, it's. I think it's. I'm always going to envision his father. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, Gandolfini was just a singular force in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so and, I, and when you when you watch the trailer, he barely speaks. So that shows you that they're not a hundred percent confident with what you're mm-hmm. going to get with him. Um, or yeah, maybe they're holding it and they want, yeah, to just draw you in slowly, type of thing. This is yep. also the series that ended the way it ended. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I've been thinking yeah. about doing a rewatch ahead of the thing, but that's that's such a monumental task, man. That's such a I couldn't do it. There's so many episodes, right? Uh, I mean, like, I'm, I'm going to fast forward through all the stuff with the kids for sure. Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. Even though Ugh. the performance is excellent, the stuff with his mom and Janice, like I don't like any of the family stuff except oh, for a little bit of the Carmelo. Right, right. And Holy it's. Yeah. yeah, it's nothing against the the actors. It just I prefer the storyline of him and his cohorts. Yeah, that to me is the interesting that, and then the sitting down with a psychiatrist. But yeah, uh, yeah. So that's where it was tough. I went back and rewatched it. I ended up fast forwarding through all those scenes 80, by and large. Eighty six episodes, man. That's too many to do before October first. It's just too many. To do a rewatch. I think if you went back and rewatched like season two, that's the big puss season. <laughs> that was my favorite. Oh my God. When fucking Frank Vincent comes out of the closet. I mean, the, the, the symbolism of that is just horrific, man. Horrific. When they're sitting on the boat, oh. we're talking about the massage that he may or may not have gone to get. Oh. And they're drinking that. I think oh. it's tequila. Sorry, bud. You're talking pussy. I was thinking of Vito. My bad. Yeah. Yes. Big Sorry. pussy is when he's on the boat. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that dude, whole, the whole, whole build oh. up to the, the food poisoning dream. I think yes. it's in the episode before with the yeah. talking fish. 
Uh, it's such a nice slow build, and then that I can still envision, oh. like I can still hear the song play yes. over through that scene, like how they yes. close it out. Uh, yeah, when it's when it's good, it's excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that personally, there's a lot of stuff that I don't care. I've seen it. Yeah, I understand the the fucking pathos of this character. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't entirely, but I hope it's good, man. Um, and I like that kid. He was good on the deuce. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll see, uh, what it ends up being. That's for sure. But 86 episodes is too much to ask. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this, man. I know we got to get into our lists here (laughs) at some point, exactly one hour and 15 seconds into it. Yeah, where are we right now? We would have started sooner, but uh, (laughs) sorry, guys. Yeah, Drew Ann's pulled a scab, and we just we got derailed all over again. You saw, didn't you? Though, um, yeah, the Val Kilmer doc is coming out this weekend. That's right. That is excellent. I got a chance to see that as well. That is damn good. It's called Val. It's going to be on in the theaters, and then I think on Hulu on August sixth. So definitely see that one. And the Ted Ted Lasso drops tomorrow, season two. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. dude, it's been a wasteland of television for a while. Yeah, watching yeah. Doctor Death right now, it's fine. Oh, is it okay? Oh, okay, all right, all right. Well, they we keep got... doing. So it's about a doctor, yeah, who keeps botching surgeries, and do... is he doing it intentionally or is he not? Right, uh, played by Joshua Jackson, and then Christian Slater and Alec Baldwin are the doctors that notice and try and stop him. But it's been mostly for the first th- three episodes or so, the backstory of Josh Jackson and how we yeah. got here, which is yeah, fine. Yeah. I'm just more intrigued by the cat and mouse of the Christian Slater, Alec Baldwin. So perhaps the mm. second, I think there's eight total. Okay. It feels like we're getting into more and more of that now. So yeah. perhaps it'll draw in, but literally got nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, watching Veep for the fourth, third time. <laughs> Holy shit, really? I mean, I, I love Veep. Yeah, that's great. It's show. one of my favorite TV shows. The it congressman, is, uh, I can't remember his name. The congressman, the one that's like balding with the fucking yeah. curly hair. And the, he's, uh, he's my Ryan. favorite. He's uh, he's my favorite part of the of the whole show. Dude, so, do you oh. remember that uh, that casting place above Hooters in Santa Monica? Oh yes, casting. Yes, okay. yes. So, I went there like five six times, and then they moved their offices. So right. it was only there for like a short, at least when I started going on auditions. Yeah. Um, and I showed up one time to do a. It was for a. Uh, BP or somebody like that mm-hmm. and the part was you were filling up at the tank and whatever and you just turn and you start talking to camera and he was the casting director running the session What? cut to I, I didn't uh, you know I didn't get a call yeah. back on it I, I just remember that because he was really nice but he's really tall and lanky yeah. so he stuck out uh, right, right. but then cut to like six weeks later and he's on the commercial and that's when I learned sometimes the casting directors get cast in the commercials just because they know what the director's looking for, and eventually the director yeah. kind of envision him in it. And not, since then, I've seen it numerous times. A friend of mine, uh, his wife is a casting director, and she's been uh, in countless commercials. Really? Damn, just man. because eventually they can kind of just see her, and she's an actress. She just right. does this as her day job. Right. Uh, but yeah, I saw him in it. But he, him and Gary, the oh, last yeah. two seasons, but I think the last three seasons, those two are... Yeah. Well, yeah, once he gets cancer and becomes a congressman... It's the best. He is one of the best characters. Yeah. Just this petulant child that gets too much power. 
and uh, fucking Gary Cole and the other oh, the other actor's name I can't blanking on have oh, to be uh, kind of his minders. Done. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but I, I also like his wife, Mary Holland, who plays his I've always had a thing for Mary Holland. She's, oh, yeah, an, yeah. Un, she's an unusual looking woman, but she's I think she's attractive in certain ways. So I, I when she came on as his wife, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, perfect. And she's yeah, there for great. political oh, convenience because yes. her father is basically forcing her into this to make a weird power couple type of thing. Oh, yeah. So funny. yeah. And, and McNichol, Peter McNichol has his, what is his uncle or whatever? Oh my God. He's ruthless. Ruthless. There's and so many. It's Jonas uncle. Yeah. Great performance from uh, Diedrich Bader coming in later season. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bader's great. Uh, yeah. But Tony Hale. Yeah. I mean, him as Gary, it happened in Arrested Development too. By the end mm-hmm. of the Fox run, Buster Bluth was my favorite character. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> and I think Gary becomes my favorite character by the end of the series. <laughs> uh, who am I? Who am I thinking of? Um, Dan Bacadol. That's it. Dan Bacadol, the guy who plays uh, Furlong. The guy who plays the uh, oh Edward the, Furlong. The, he plays Roger Furlong. I mean, yeah, Roger the, Furlong. Yeah, 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 yeah. The congressman that's oh, running for governor. Dude. He is great. I mean, when he that show is where I was like, this guy is fucking fantastic because the shit he says. He's so, it's just so, feels so organic from him that you're just like, oh, oh this guy is probably like this in real life sometimes. It's oh, really it's great. Oh, uh, it's, I mean, and hey, Will, tell him why that is and his assistant Will, and then Will just has to, it's because I am uh, a man girl, and then it'll say something. Are they doing a recount in Nevada and Furlong is there? Oh, that's right. And he doesn't like that somebody calls the ballot like inclusive or something and it's this older not heavy set but she's an older woman yeah. so she put on weight just because your metabolism yeah. slows down whatnot and she's wearing an all purple suit and he's like listen here grimace that's a fucking vote for <laughs> selena meyer and starts tearing into her and she starts crying and he's like what did no i didn't mean it. it's because you're wearing all purple oh fuck you <laughs> and he stands up and he's like god bless america in this country and walks off just like <laughs> it's just perfect Oh man, it, it's a million small performances <laughs> oh, like that. Yes. It's the best of. Oh yeah, uh, it is much the same way that Deadwood is dirty Shakespeare. This is yeah. insult Shakespeare. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Like, and it's, it's like, top to bottom. Everybody on there it knows their character so well, and they just when they they have the the congressional hearings, and they go through the list of names on the internal document in the VP's <laughs> office. When it's Dan and Anna Klumsky's character and yeah. uh, uh, Jonah Ryan, they're all sitting there and they have to go through and uh, oh. fucking rumble foreskin, bum, 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 bum. They just, it's a nonstop. They stop the congressman. Why are you doing this? Just to give an example of how they didn't respect him, even though they're saying that they're sitting here and they respected him. And he goes right back into <laughs> reading this list of terrible name, nicknames that he cuts them off. He's oh. like, in in college, my friends called me Tom McCartney, so we could go with that. <laughs> it's just oh, it's so good. The 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 woman who the British actress who plays the Swedish, um, yeah, oh my yeah, God. yeah, the the wolf, the Swedish wolf, <laughs> dude. When she, when her and like I think it's the last, the second to last season or last season when they're having the conversation about her son. Um, and this isn't a topic that really should, but like in that show, everything's on limits and nothing's off limits. So um, this is where they they talk about her son killing herself by or killing himself or by falling into an ice hole while he was fishing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh my god! Just oh, the way 
she says uh, asshole she says ice hole and she goes what i'm sorry what you're this is dove into is what <laughs> she just oh just great stuff yeah man did, did, did she i mean there's a million they, pretty much every person they bring lennon parnham or parham yeah the, yeah the good the sycophantic best friend it's perfect she is so annoying you hate her and you're supposed to hate her it's yeah, exactly. beautifully done what do you think about that well there's a lot of things to think about that <laughs> It's a lot of ways you can go with that. Exactly. You know, on the one hand, we could say yes, but on the <laughs> other, we could say no. And you're like, what are you saying? Um, oh. Yeah, I think top to bottom, you go through the whole cast. Matt Walsh, we haven't even said Julie Lu- oh. uh, Louis Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. It's, it's nonstop. <laughs> yeah, just great stuff, dude. I loved it. Um. Anyway, all right, we should get... <laughs> We, we should, should probably read down list. our list. Yeah. All right. We should break down our lists. Here we go. Um, all right. Uh, here, I'll just do it. The way the show works is uh, we each uh, we come up with a topic. And this time, our topic is brought to us by uh, one of our uh, Boss Hog patrons. I think it's Charles Clark. Uh, he, he suggested a top 10 movies set in a big city, but we changed it to set in Chicago because we wanted to be a little bit more provincial. Uh, and so... <laughs> And so we're gonna we're gonna jump into that uh, and and break Was it down in the and, chat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Someone said, uh, uh, "Oh, I thought they were saying I'm going to go now." Now that you get a list, now that you oh. started a list, I'm gonna leave now. Uh, but we're um, basically we're doing so. Basically, the show works is that uh, uh, we come up with our separate lists that we meet up. We don't tell each other our lists, uh, and then we count them down. Matt goes first, counts down his uh, first three. I do my first three, ten through seven. Uh, then we go uh, what? Well, ten through eight, rather. Then we go seven and six. Um, uh, as a twosome, and then we go one each, five, four, three, two, one, until we mm-hmm. get to the end. Then we combine our list, and that's the official top ten list. There you go. That's the best I could do there, man. You do so it, it was great stuff. You did much stuff. better than I can. All right, what's your ten? Uh, so there's a lot to genuinely choose from. Yes, there are a lot of Chicago movies. Holy shit! There are a lot of movies that are you know based in Chicago, and that's what I was focused on. Yeah, was the it needs to take place at least a big chunk of it or be fully associated with Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's one, like one in particular, like eventually the whole point is to get to Chicago. Yeah. But they're not really in Chicago until the very end of the movie. So I was like, I'm not going to conclude that one personally for me. Right. You may have it. I don't know. (laughs) No, for me, it's had to be, it had, you had to see more of Chicago than one house or one place or, yeah. or or you had to not like start in Chicago, but end up in all these other cities. It has to be Chicago based. Chicago has to be a character in the film. That's the way I approached it. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So for 10, I got eight men out. Nice. Cool. I did not, that did not make my list. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a movie that is part of the identity of Chicago. Absolutely. Uh, a piece Last of their has, uh, past. Uh, so at nine, I've got one that did not make your list backdraft. Yeah, no. Oh my God, no. I, I uh, so it's good. a good it's a good idea so, for a movie, but I think the execution and is it's a good movie. Good. <laughs> so it's a good idea and it's good execution and uh, it's a lot of fun. Did you know, Matt knows that there was a sequel. What's what's it called? It's, Forward draft. No, Billy Baldwin comes back. I'm not joking. Uh, let me find it because it just came out two years ago. Is it just as simple as Backdraft 2, the backdrafting? Like backdraft research. No, it's, it is called Backdraft 2. Um, 
Now it's the sequel to the 1991 quote unquote hit follows an investigator with the Chicago fire department. That's fair. It is (laughs) who who has to track down an arms dealer who uses deadly fires as a distraction and Baldwin comes back. And now he is the chief. He is the chief of uh, the fire department. Oh, so he's he's got that. That's why he would potentially be, I guess, but why would you be hunting down an arms dealer as a fireman? That's a job for another agency. That doesn't make a lick of sense. Before they're trying to catch an arsonist. Yes. Uh, this an international arms dealer. Here well, we go. That, here, here we go. <laughs> there is Billy Baldwin back. That is not. <laughs> if that ever crosses anyone's mouths, do you think they were going to say, hey, who's the local municipal chief of <laughs> the fire department? Because that's who we're getting. We're not going to rely on the FBI since it's oh. a domestic issue or potentially NSA <laughs> if it's a homeland security issue. And and guess who else is back? Guess who else is back in the movie? Oh, still alive. Still hasn't burnt himself well, to death. Good for you, man. Get that payday. Get it. I'm I'm happy that he came back. Oh, I think De Niro's I'm, still working pretty steadily. He is. He is. And, you know, <laughs> Kurt Russell is is off doing marvel and tarantino and he's fine so mr sutherland good for you still working what five decades now yeah five decades is it possibly when you know did he start in the 60s i know he's in the 70s but i don't think think so uh, maybe his body snatchers is early 70s right yeah yeah it's it's uh so he, he started uh in tv in the 60s so uh, yeah so six decades yeah six decades man yeah um, keep working man <laughs> do your thing man yep 100 percent. get that money yeah get that paycheck hopefully it was a fun shoot and uh you were you're happy to be out of the house for a couple of days backdraft two ladies and gentlemen backdraft two backdraft two where we're down oh my all right get arms where, dealers all right eight? so that's my my nine my eight is adventures in babysitting oh nice choice man that's it i was so close man it's a tough cut tough cut uh, I might commit right. myself to put it back on there. I might. <laughs> um, what do you got? Uh, so my number 10, of course, is running scared. Hello, Billy Crystal and uh, Gregory Hines. I know that's not on your list, but I am no, such it a, was a It was spot. tough cut. It was in part of like the 15 in genuine discussion. Oh, okay. Well, it takes place. It's a lot of Chicago. It's all over Chicago. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's back when Billy Crystal could actually be somewhat considered a little bit of a badass. Uh, and he's really Gregory Hines as well. They're fucking awesome in that movie, and, and I, I wish there had been a sequel. Peter Hyams directed that one. I wish there had been a sequel. Yeah, um, but yeah. Saying that there was a moment in time. Sure, there was a moment in time when Richard Dreyfus was considered the same thing. You know? It's, it's not I, same. I, don't, I don't remember that. He was, he was always well, I'm thinking show. like a, a stakeout. And then uh, another stakeout. Oh, please. Uh, let's move on before you offend me. All right, number nine. It's while you were sleeping. That's the one I took out for Adventures in Babysitting. I have a soft spot for that romantic comedy, and you do end up in numerous places in Chicago. Uh, and uh, Sandra Bullock is great in that movie. And so that's the one with uh, uh, Pullman. Pullman's in a coma. No, no, uh, Peter Gallagher's in. Or coma. Peter Gallagher's in a coma. That's right, right. right. And Pullman's yeah, his yeah. brother, and they meet, and she wants to fall in she love with him. The, the, the fiance. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good little movie. I like it. And okay. it definitely makes I haven't seen it in so long. I, I remember it, but. Okay. All right. So then my number eight then is uh, Public Enemies, the Michael Mann one with Johnny Depp. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like that movie. I know a lot of people don't, 
I fucking love that movie. I, I, I don't didn't care. hate it. I, I just don't get why people ding it, man. It is such a good watch. And it's Michael Mann, like, doing a, a period piece. And, it, yeah, yes, it's slow. It's supposed to fucking be slow. Yes, they're they're having these kind of interactions, these intimate back and forth. Yes, they get together possibly a bit too quick. But it all works for me because he's cast such incredible actors in Depp and Marianne Cotillard and Stephen Lang and all mm-hmm. these other people. Christian Bale, I think, is in it as well. So Sounds it's a right. stellar, stellar movie, but people don't give it enough love, man. So I put it on here. There you go. That's my all right. Point. Yeah. Uh, my seven is Uncle Buck. Ah, see, I ding that because it mostly takes place in the house, but I hear you. Uh, he does go to the bowling alley. Okay. He is in the tire shop. But that's the only reason I dinged it. But that's my thing. You, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I, I mean, yeah. it just needs to take place in Chicago. Yeah, you're right. It qualifies. Absolutely. I, I I wasn't necessarily harping on the I need to see the locations. Right, right, right. Um, Because, uh, you know, as much as if they shot a uh, something in L.A. and you just saw palm trees in the backyard, you'd be like, oh, mm. that's L.A. There's snow. There's gray and whatnot. And be like, that's part of Illinois living. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Uncle Buck set in the okay. Chicago suburbs. All right, all right. Six is Home Alone. Yeah, I'm I'm not as much of a fan of that film. As well, you could have been. I mean, you are dramatically older than me, so you weren't. You were out of the age range. First of all, that's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, you're the Donald Sutherland. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> oh, how dare you! Uh, oh, I don't even fire. know how. Oh, fire! Oh. I, this is. I kind of. I buy it though. He I was playing Lecter. He was doing Lecter for fire. Come on. I enjoyed it, but uh, Home Alone. Yeah, no, I, I think it's still good. So that's my six. Okay. Uh, my number seven is uh, another Michael Mann film early on in his career. Thief. I think he. It's a James Con film with Tuesday Welt. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking love that's that good. movie. I own it on Criterion, and certainly makes use of Chicago. I think Dennis Farina was a consultant on the film and, you know, Farina was a former Chicago cop. Uh, and so he was a consultant throughout. I think he appears in the film in certain spots, but it certainly makes use of like the kind of the seedier areas of Chicago and some of the places that you might not see that are like the sites of Chicago. So it gives you a big uh, a taste of what it would be like to live on the ground level of Chicago hmm. once you get past the touristy stuff. And I appreciate that. Plus, it's a, a fucking great film. And it's before Khan became like Khan. And he actually really was deep into the stuff he was making here. So and Tuesday Weld's great in the movie as well. Uh, and Robert Prosky is a great villain. Um, then my number six is Road to Perdition. That's a punt. Okay. All right. Fair enough. What's your five? Or my should we take a break? I don't know. What are we doing? Oh, no. No. Yeah. Uh, okay. We'll just put a break in the middle. There's no Sounds point in putting good. a break at the very end. <laughs> uh, my five is The Untouchables. Uh, that's a slight punt. But yes, okay. good choice. Uh, my five for? is uh, Hoop Dreams. Oh, fuck. I forgot to write that down. It's one of those where you thought of it. All right. So mm-hmm. Hoop Dreams will make my top five for sure. Okay. You edited five? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, it's in my top five. It's a great choice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, um, I need to revisit this movie. I haven't seen it in a few years. And I remember it being one of the most ungr- engrossing three-hour documentaries. I've seen it so many times. But, you know, as you get older, some movies move out of your rotation in your mind because other things come in the way. True. But this this movie is – and it is on Criterion for anybody who wants to get it. Uh, but it is 
an incredible doc that still works. Even when you know the ending, it still works because it shows you what life is like for these two young kids trying to, you know, trying to make it to a, a good college, then make it to the NBA, hoping they yeah. can, you know, provide they're for their they're families. Yeah. Yeah, they're basically their hoop dreams. Exactly. And you get to see, like, once again, it's more of a ground level view of Chicago. You know, these are not two of the most richest families and no. what they have to experience and go through, what they have to endure, the time constraints of traveling back and forth to a school, all of that, uh, and still trying to maintain a great average, still trying to be good at basketball um, and what can happen. So, but yeah, just a great shit. The one kid is like, when, when am I going to eat? Are we yes. going to have heat at our house? Yeah. Um, and there's when you see like the face of that type of aspiration, yeah. mm-hmm. knowing then thereafter that every year there's tens of thousands of kids like that, and a a couple thousand of those genuinely are at that level yeah. where it's like you're flirting with making one of these programs. Yeah. It just it's amazing how quickly that narrows down. Like there's a clip that everybody's now revisiting from uh team usa for the last olympics and Mm. blake griffin is doing a dunk kind of exhibition for the under 18 group of kids it's it's three collections of teams the under 18 17 and 16 but it's a who's who of future nba stars zach levine is there d'angelo russell is there there's like right nine ten eleven kids in that that small group of 18 that make the league but then you see all the others, and those are the hoop dreams. Mm-hmm. They didn't make it to playing some sort of, the very least, NBA. Maybe they're playing internationally somewhere else, but they were yeah. close. Like, for whatever reason, it just didn't pan out. Who knows yeah. the backstories and all these individuals? But yeah, no, it's a great choice. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. I was thinking about it when we discussed the topic, and then I forgot mm-hmm. to write it down. Oh, we all have that, dude. Of course. When we put our lists, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, number four. Uh, oh, wait. No, you're up to number four. You're, what's your number four? Sorry. With, uh, Road to Perdition. Oh, okay. So that's the punt. Okay, cool. Yeah. Still works. What do you got it for? Still, still damn good. Uh, yep. Four for me is uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, it's a slight punt. Okay. All right. What's your three then? Uh, three is The Fugitive. That's uh, my two. Okay. I love The Fugitive, man. Yeah. And it's all over. I mean, the Cook County Hospitals yeah. plays a big part in it. It's all over. Like you, you, And you go, what's great about The Fugitive is you go from like, kind of the lower class, uh, you know, economic lower class areas to all the way up to the top. You know, you go, you go all the way through the middle class, all the, like all the different places they go. You see all the different areas of Chicago that exist there. So it's a, it's a real good uh, taste of what that city is like. Yeah. I think um, yeah. This is how, how you can tell the fugitive is excellent mm-hmm. is the jump from Harrison Ford off of the, the exit canal oh, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. We all know that's a fucking dummy and it looks <laughs> yes. terrible. It yeah. looks the equivalent of Mac and me, that clip that Paul Rudd always shows on Coney. Yeah. Just, it looks like a <laughs> lifeless dummy going inside. <laughs> and I think, you know, we saw it in the trailer. Didn't care. Yeah. The movie's yeah. so good when it comes up. I'm like, I don't care that I, that completely broke the reality of the situation. That's how good the movie is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that was your deuce. Yes. Um, so I imagine what's your three? My three is the Untouchables, which is ah, the one okay. from earlier, right? Which is yeah, now my I guess my six. I think that takes the place of Eight Men Out for me. It's it's that period piece of Chicago from that time. I just mm-hmm. enjoy watching this one a little bit more than Eight Men Out. I, so, so you know, De Niro, Connery, 
Costner, all Charles Martin Smith, Garcia, just so great throughout the whole movie. And it is a nice taste of Chicago. Um, and it's very much a Chicago movie about what prohibition and what was going yeah. on during that time with Elliot Ness and Al Capone. So I yeah, that. I think so. I only ding it for, I love the music, but it feels so dated. <laughs> it's awesome. I think it's so weird because it's, yeah. it just is part of the fabric of that movie to me. And then right. simultaneously, I wish I got more with Capone. Yeah. Make yeah, the movie a little bit longer. Yeah. Give me more to me. I don't want to cut any of the other parts because I like right. the Elliot Ness trying to catch. I just, yeah. it was so interesting and we only yeah. got flashes of it. And perhaps that's all, you know, they could, I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. Uh, what's your two? Uh, my two is Ferris. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's so good. I just, I just, the other films just for me are a little more classic, even though I think Ferris is a fucking 80s classic. Um, but it's great, man. It's so good. God damn, it's so good. I was thinking about that the other day when I was watching. Oh, we were watching Spider Man, and they make the reference to the the, um, the homecoming, and they make the reference to uh, him running through the backyard from uh, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right, so the number ones, yes. Uh, my number one is Christmas Vacation. Wow. All right, that's all you, buddy, man. My my number one is The Dark Knight. That's not set in Chicago. It's set. It's, it's shot, in, shot Chi- in, it's Chicago, in Chicago. But it's not set in Chicago. Oh, come on. Gotham is Chicago. Yeah, but it's Pittsburgh in the next movie. Yeah, but that's a different uh, city. It's not a set. I know, in but I'm just saying it breaks the reality of the. So it's Gotham. It's not. Okay. To me, that is shot in completely different than set. They don't call it Chicago. They call it Gotham. Whereas if there's a reference in all these other movies, it's Chicago because they're in Chicago because that's where the story takes place is Chicago. I'm going to let our guest make that decision for us. I'm going to let our guest make that. Because if all he right, has, bring him in. Bring him if in. he has Dark Knight on his list, then it qualifies. Fine. And if all he right. doesn't, then we all know that you're wrong and you... Uh... <laughs> absolutely. I will concede I'm wrong and change my list around. And then I we'll put absolutely. our list together. Uh, but let's bring him on. The adjudicator, right. Boss Hogger himself, Charles Clark. Hey, Charles, what's going on, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, a lot of pressure to be brought in under these circumstances. <laughs> what like, are you talking right. about? Look, is there pressure to be correct, uh, Charles? No, there's not. Yes, Charles. No, is there not. pressure to be correct? <laughs> Listen, The Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies of all time. I like where this is going. Oh, shit. I watched it. Like uh-huh. when it came out, I literally uh-huh. remember watching it in the theater and immediately went home. And I'm not proud of this now, but I streamed it like Ooh. illegally on the internet like, <laughs> 28 days in a row because I loved it that much. I still All love right. it. It's not set in Chicago. It's set Bam, in Chicago. Baby. Baby. <laughs> I pulled it's a Lee Corso on you. Not so fast. I'm sorry, but it's yeah. a it's bunch of bullshit. It's shot Roka. in Chicago. I want, listen, Roca, if it's I It's the could, city of Chicago. But it's not. It's not. It's Gotham. It's not. They alter but, it. It's not like it's a, the, all the landscape is got. They alter the landscape of uh, the city. I don't recall any altering. It's full on Chicago the whole time. Come on. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. I said I'd concede. I'll take it off. Well, congratulations to Adventures in Babysitting. They made it in at number 10. Hey. <laughs> perfect. Uh, I, I, it was really hard keeping um, planes, trains, and automobiles off this, but it doesn't not, fully take place in Chicago. No, it starts I, in Chicago. There were a couple movies. 
when I was yeah. making my list too, that I was like, set in Chicago. Oh, that's going to make, oh, it's just appearance by Chicago. Yeah, or, <laughs> or three people are from Chicago and you're like, uh, who is this shit? Right. Like, okay. like, like I saw Sleepless in Seattle on there. It's like, oh, he's from Chicago. Yeah, it's but like, no. that, why is that on a list of movies set in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, that's this literally, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I looked at the same Wikipedia page because <laughs> uh, I'm, like, I'm lazy. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, I did too, uh, but I, yeah, but. All right, so what do we do here? Are we putting our list together with uh, Charles here, or are we, are we reading Charles' list first? Um, well, you want to add, since since you, we're, Charles was adjudicator, why don't we have Charles read his list, and then the three okay. of us will combine. Oh, <laughs> this will be That's interesting. And nice we'll, for you, Charles. And uh, if you do, got, if we do need to go to it, obviously, you, it's your podcast slash show. You will make the decision. But Absolutely. I do have a 50 cent piece here. How dare you? Coin flip. How dare oh, good for you. So we can do a neutral coin flip completely. But neutral my ass. You just voted against me for Dark Knight. Neutral. But my that ass. means All I right. might be more willing. I don't know. You never know. Might be more willing. What is this shit? <laughs> just kidding, Matt. I'm just kidding. I'm the Scott Foster in this situation. Uh, oh, no. Who's 0-12, though? Who's who's Chris Paul and who's not? That's I don't know. There's like arguments to be made from both sides. <laughs> Are there? I'm pretty sure there's one argument and one argument only. <laughs> arguments to be made for both sides. All right. Uh, let me get on with this list. <laughs> right. I love it. What's Anyways. your list? All righty. At number 10, I have The Weatherman, the Nicolas Cage oh, movie. Oh, nice choice. I like that movie. Yeah. Um, at number nine, I have Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell. Nice. At at number eight, I have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Out of oh, eight, only down eight. eight. All right. Yeah. Number seven, I have Source Code, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. He's in that yeah. fucking train the whole time, Charles. Yeah, right. but the 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 movie think- about them getting to the train station in Chicago, yeah. and yes. it ends with Perfect. him going up to the beat, like whatever that. I think you know Dark Knight I mean? qualifies more than that film, but all right. Okay, well, well, of course you do. You know? <laughs> all righty. Number six, I have The Big Sick. Oh, yep. yeah. I thought nice about choice. that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, okay. Number five, I have Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Sure. Yeah, right, you do. Number four, I have Candyman. <laughs> yeah. Can I like that. Mo- that? I don't know what to tell you. I like that movie. I I, yeah. I was like, listen, I was like, I don't think this is going to make their list, but I don't care. No. This is my list. I, I liked it when I was 13, Charles. <laughs> well, some of us keep our inner kid. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Am I dead on the inside? Is that what you're saying? You're probably right. You're probably yeah. right. I mean, like, listen, I'm just as dead on the inside. Uh, uh, number three, I have The Fugitive. Okay. Number two, I have The Untouchables. Yeah. Okay. And number one, my number one is Road to Perdition. Ah, uh, yeah. Nice. Oh, I, I watched okay. it. With I remember watching it with my mom, and obviously I grew up with like Tom Hanks's Toy Story, <laughs> Tom Hanks's Forrest Gump. So just watching that movie just always made an impression on me, you know. But yeah, um, okay, all right. So we're gonna do the list between us. Um, okay, Untouchables. We have I have that at six. You have that at uh, two. Charles and John, two. you had that at two. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I think the Untouchables is number one. Wow. Wow, 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 okay. I'd say probably it's, that and maybe Perdition. What's the Ferris. Fugitive? Where's the Fugitive? Three for me. Three for one. me. Oh, that should be one, I think. Don't okay, think? that's fine. I feel like that's one. Then Untouchables. All right. All right. Then Untouchables, then mm-hmm. I guess either Ferris or Road to Perdition. 
Yeah, I have Ferris at three. I've I got that at five. two. All right, so let's do Ferris. Okay. And then Road to Perdition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, after that, I think it's Charles and I have Christmas Vacation. And yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. it? I don't think any of us have any. That's how many Chicago movies are. I don't know if we have commonality anywhere else. Yeah. Well, if, if you put Hoop Dreams in there. Oh, Hoop Dreams. Yeah. yeah. So me and there, you have commonality in top five for that one. Yeah. yeah. There was a list of Chicago movies that I wanted to watch before making this list. I meant mm. to watch Hoop Dreams was on that watch list, but unfortunately I didn't get to it. Gotcha. Also, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was supposed oh, yeah. to be on. But I still I haven't seen that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, should I watch Child of Chicago 7? I was like, no. Yeah. Like, I, it's, I don't think so. Don't think it's so. one of the it's best like, HBO movies you'll ever see. Yeah. That's, like yeah. that's liberal yeah. masturbation. Don't watch that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so then, uh, John, now both you and I have adventures in babysitting. So yes. I put that at the seven spot. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. And now I don't believe we have between the three of us any commonality. I don't think so either. Yeah. All right. So who's who's got the highest one left of their stuff? I've got a number four left in Candyman. Ooh. I do not have a four. Do you have yeah, a four? Yeah, I can't Matt? beat that. Okay. All right. Good. Candyman makes the list. Candyman it is. Candyman. <laughs> I don't have anything until my number seven. Oh, I've got a six. So do I. Oh, shit, bitch. Bring out the rib. Bring out the coin. Well, I was you just going to default to you because it's what? your show. But That's right. You know, What's if you your six? Flip, my six is the big sick. And what Over was your six? Over thief. Thief. Another one that was on my watch list that yeah, I meant. You watch that shit. Yeah, I know. Um, all right, flip it, man. I'll all right. Because you, you're a boss hog. If you were a $1 patron, I'd take it over you. But a boss hog patron gets the flip. All righty. I'm going to let you call it in the air. Heads or tails. You ready? Call it when you're throwing it. All right. Ready? Oh, my you God. See pick, up, pick up around your place. Charles, what's going on there? Charles. Listen. You may call you a maid. Listen, I worked the graveyard shift. I'm trying my best to be here today. Yeah. He That's... set an alarm to be with us. If he wants to have <laughs> some enough. trash in the like, corner, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm perfectly it's, not, it's just clothes. It's not trash. Like, okay, I take care good. of my trash and my dishes. But oh, good. Okay. And then we see some woodland creature bit. scurry behind him right now. <laughs> no, it's just right. clothes. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Call, call it in the air. Ready? Go for all it. Right. Heads. It is heads. You win. Yeah. All, all right. So- Thief. Thief. And then what was uh, your last one? And then the big sick. Oh, big sick. There it is. There's our 10. Nice. Nice. All right. Let's do this thing. The top 10 movie set in Chicago. Yeah. At number 10. The big sick. At number nine. Thief. At number eight. Candyman. At number seven. Adventures in babysitting. At number six, Christmas Vacation. At number five, Hoop Dreams. At number four, Road to Perdition. At number three, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. At number two, The Untouchables. And our number one movie set in Chicago is... Is The Fugitive. Ah, The Fugitive, yeah. I don't care! Kimbo! Uh, uh, shout out to Jay Goldeneyes in the chat. Thank you very much, Jay, for these bongos. I did request the red ones, Jay, but you sent me these, so that's fine. Next time when I break them in a year, you can send me the red ones or the black ones. I love the black ones. In um, a year? In a year, probably. 
I know the way I break things. Um, thank you, Charles, very much for your list. Thanks for the suggestion. And thanks, most of all, for being a Boss Hog patron. That's what uh, you all can expect when you donate the Boss Hog level. You get to pick a topic or be considered for picking a topic. And you get to come on the show if you're available during the, the live ones. So it's a big, uh, a big perk you get for being a $50 patron of the Top 10 show. Right, Matt? Damn straight. And Charles, uh, before we get out of here, how's everything in your world? How hmm. you been? What you been up to? Let us know. What What do you got, buddy? Well, it's only appropriate that the show ends with banter after what was another banter, a banter fest. episode. So yep. we might as well. End. Uh, you know, not much. Uh, you know, working on the grind, working that morning show shift, which is yeah. you know, interesting to say the least. That's one way of putting it. Um, sure. But I'm feeling good. You know, I've been fully vaccinated for a while, so I've been good back out in the world. There you go. Uh, yeah. I do a golf league with my dad so i've been golfing at least once or twice a week that's you kicking that old man's ass uh no no i'm not good and he's been playing a little bit longer than i have so he beats me but but he also plays from the senior tees so he's got an advantage oh he's old he's an older man so i mean the the difference not as gaping as maybe the difference between john and you matt but you know it's how dare you Age-wise? Oh, my God. You. Have you seen the chasm? It's like looking into the abyss, and the abyss looks back. Yeah, but I look that's pretty how... fucking good, if that's the truth. I look damn good. You look no, great. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you do. vampire. Roka, you look, uh... you look amazing. Thank you or very much. Do you, ever tell your dad, <laughs> you ever tell your dad, be like, I'd be doing well, too, if I was hitting from the senior tees. You just kind of walk <laughs> All away. All the time. All the time. Yeah. No. But otherwise, things have been good. I've been rewatching the Boondocks. That's been my show. Oh my so, god! Uh, on HBO Max. Enjoy- yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Never watch that show. Is it good? Oh, beyond it's, good, dude. It's really good. It is really challenging. Like you're gonna watch mm-hmm. it and sometimes be look at some things and be like, "Well, I don't agree with that." It's like, well, yeah. that's oh, that's good though. Yeah. Yeah. But, it makes you kind of question how you see an issue. Right. But there are a couple. I mean, there are a couple wild episodes. Like yeah. when they bring Martin Luther King Jr. back, it's oh. <laughs> that's a trip. It's the, a trip. Uh, the R. Kelly episode. Oh, my God. I watched that one, too. That's, <laughs> that episode is like, holy fuck nuts, man. So, yeah. 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 But maybe I'll check it out. I've been mm. rewatching that and what we do in the shadows. I started oh, yeah. watch for that because that. Have you started watching Wellington Paranormal? That's on I, HBO Max now. Because I, I was wondering when it was coming out. Because I was yeah. looking, I saw the article, so I'm going to start. That's going to start probably be this weekend or yeah, next yeah. weekend. Mm. It's a little slow. First couple episodes are a little slow, but then they find their rhythm. So just be yeah. patient with it. Because I, I watched the first episode, I was like, mm. second episode, okay, this is more. And then the third really kind of hit it. So, yeah. Then that is 100% next on my checklist so that cool. I'm not re-watching something I've, I've already seen before. Because yeah. Yeah. I had to stop doing that. I, I, during oh. the pandemic, I was like, listen, I can't keep watching The Office. I've got to put that. I've yeah, got I to stopped put it on. that a long time ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, listen, yeah. I I don't know. I was just like, we got I, I Parks and Rec in The Office. I was like, those are tabled <laughs> for the next two years at least. I just got to start watching things that I – either haven't seen before or haven't seen in years Yeah, that I can like get into. But yeah, the watch list, I mean, it's just, it's just growing all the time at this point. I still, (laughs) I started watching the Sopranos. I'm like, do I have to get through this? I feel like I have to, but yeah. I think the first few seasons are worth it. And then after that, it just, it takes its time to get to a conclusion. Well, Breaking Bad is another one where I'm like, I know, I know I should watch this, but. Yeah, Boy, I, these first three episodes are 
are a slog. Yeah. Well, the, were, break, yeah. the first season is so dissimilar from what comes later, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm like, uh, at some point, I'm like, I'm going to get there. Yeah. But boy, it's, it's. No, it's, that one's a good one, but I yeah. haven't rewatched it yet. Yeah. So I've only seen it the once, but I've seen um, it. Right. But there's All just right. so many shows. Well, definitely. Well, keep doing your thing, Charles. We love you. Thanks for being mm-hmm. a, a supporter, a Boss Hog patron. And, uh, you know, I, lo- I love seeing you in the Outlaw Nation as well, man. So it's always great to see you, Charles. Thanks so much. No problem to everyone. It's worth being a Boss Hog. Just saying. Just there you saying. go. There you Just go. Saying. Testimony from the man himself. All Come right. Some people would say maybe you should go back to bed because you could be slightly delusional. Oh, I tell those straight. people to shut the fuck I'm up. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in straight to Naptown. I'm in. All right. I'm the, All right. The train is pulling into Naptown Station, and I am about to lie there. <laughs> <And> <laughs> my man. Let your dad know that next time we're in town, we're going to play golf too. And we're going to light his ass up. You know, yep. we're going we're gonna to rush him. I'm going I'm to I'm break all his senior tees right in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> this is a regulation tee, old man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Charles. Much love to you, brother. Peace. Later, buddy. <laughs> there was Charles Clark, Boss Hog Patron. A lot of fun uh, listening. One of the best voices in the business, too. I like his I know. voice. He's got a great, great voice. He's got a timba. Um, all right, let's wrap it up here, Matt. Any final words as we say goodbye uh, for this week's show? Just that uh, shout-outs would normally be on uh, today's show, but uh, we'll do it next week. Yeah. Uh, you'll get it on that final, but uh, shout-outs are coming. And uh, please head to uh, YouTube.com forward slash the Top 10 Podcast with the number 10 or Instagram forward slash the Top 10 Podcast with the number right. 10. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Top 10 Show, all spelled out. And that's where you can find the show across all social media. We would love to have a conversation with you at any of those places. So please hit us up and you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, check out Settle the Score and, uh, well, Dropping Dimes technically next week. Uh, right. You got a draft. You got a draft. and uh, Well, there's draft, but uh, yeah. all that jazz. Yeah. Um, anyway, there we go. Okay. And you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and head on over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says so much going on there. More trailers, more trailer. I'm sorry, more trailer reactions, more reviews, more live shows. All that is happening. I'm really focused on the channel. So come over and be a part of that and subscribe to it. Twitch, the outlaw nation. Uh, and of course my two other podcasts, the cinephiles and the geek buddies come and take a chance on all of that as well. So, uh, all right. Thanks so much for watching us here on the top 10. We love you madly. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the top 10 show. Ooh.